Welcome to the Press Play and Run podcast, the podcast where everyday runners support each other unless you steal their local legend in Strava. I'm delighted to have you with me for episode 11, where I'm going to be talking about one of my favourite things, Park Run, with a man who knows quite a lot about it. I'll be joined by Pat Smith, who's the North and South Lanarkshire Park Run ambassador and has racked up over 300 park runs on his own. But before that, I've got a fair bit to get through. As always, I like to begin with a recap of my own running and this week I had a significant milestone on my Edinburgh Marathon training plan where I knocked out my first 20 miler, including a park run sandwich at Strathclyde Park. Aside from one little emergency bathroom stop, which might have been because I couldn't get myself out of bed and ate too close to running, I actually went pretty smoothly. So I found with these long runs that the struggle for me was definitely in and around the ones that were between 14 and 16 miles on the plan at that stage. I've definitely got that conditioning happening in the legs now and as long as the pace is sensible I'm managing to get through them and that mental bit is not quite as difficult as I was finding it in the beginning. So it set me up nicely. I have the Monklands Half Marathon on Sunday. Can't wait to meet a few people from the podcast community there and some familiar faces. And following that, I've got one more long run where I think I'm going to try and extend the 20 miler to a 22 and before I start to work my way back down towards Taper for Edinburgh. All things being equal, um, I feel in good shape. I'm thankfully staying injury free, not because of my strength and conditioning, probably more through luck. Um, But I'm feeling pretty good about Edinburgh. I was very, very inspired watching the London Marathon, as I'm sure a lot of you were on Sunday. I was watching from the, the comfort of the couch as, as people staggered over the line and you could see pretty much the whole gambit of emotions and the runners there from people that were maybe not getting quite the goals they wanted to achieve through to the people that you could just see were living out a dream scenario coming over that line. So many inspiring stories as well from runners in terms of the charities and the adversity that's overcome. But I just want to congratulate everybody that finished that race. It's a magnificent achievement. It's a huge distance. And I think having spoken to a few that finished, all it's done is give me even more respect of the distance. um, Because no matter what you put into the training, what happens on race day is pretty much out with your control. You can only put in the best prep you can and run the best that you're capable of on the day. Well done in particular to our former podcast guests. There was some magnificent running out there. And speaking of that, I'm going to be joined in the next episode um, by Alison Jardin, who we've had on a couple of times. She was episode one guest and we had her on for a brief conversation before she went to Tokyo. So I want to get Alison back on next week and have a bit of a longer conversation in and around that Tokyo experience, her gaining her six-star finisher medal and the perspective of running the London Marathon starting in the championship pen. So it was a huge day for her um, and I think it'll be really interesting. She's got a lot to say about it. We've had a little chat and rather than doing her usual race recap on Instagram, she's going to come on. As she always says, you learn something new in every marathon and she's kind enough to come on and share what she learned in this one with us. We're also going to be joined in that episode by another special guest who I won't name at the moment and it's going to give us a perspective of three different marathons this year. So that'll be Brighton, Manchester and London but a bit of a different perspective again on London. So more will be revealed on that in the run up to episode 12. As part of that episode, I really, really want to find a way to hear the voices of our podcast community that have been involved in the Manchester and the London Marathons. 
there's so many unique stories. Obviously, I can only get through one or two on any given episode, but there are literally hundreds of you out there inspiring, overcoming things, completing your own journey, and I really want to take the chance to hear your voice. So what I'm looking to do is to set up a mechanism where you can record a voice note up to one minute and send it to us and we're going to create a collage of people's marathon experience. So that could be uh, something that you'll never forget from the marathon. It could be something about the people that you met that made it special. It could be the moment you knew that you were going to make it. It could be your most difficult moment on the day. It could be what you learned about yourself or even just why you press play and run marathons even after just having been through that distance. So there will be more details um, on how to get involved in that and our social handles on Instagram and on our new Facebook page, which you can like or follow or however Facebook works. Um, so please look out for that. If we get enough of a response, we will definitely make that a feature of the next episode. Speaking of our community, you may also have seen through the week that I announced the first ever Press Play and Run Community Meetup, which is going to take place in Glasgow on June the 18th. So that will coincide with the men's and the women's 10k races in Glasgow, both on the same day, on the same route, just at different times. We are going to create a cheer squad of non-runners, because I know that there's obviously the Edinburgh Marathon before it. We are also going to offer the opportunity for anyone running the race to meet up afterwards and we're going to grab a bite to eat, a few drinks and a venue to be decided um, where we can put names to faces of this brilliant community and just get to know each other a bit better in a very relaxed environment. So I would encourage anybody that can make it along, if you want to bring your family, if you want to be part of the cheer squad, you're more than welcome. If you want to come for part of it, maybe not all of it, again, that's absolutely fine. It's a very relaxed day. It's completely free to attend, unless you're running, of course, and which you'll have to sign up for the race. Um, but what I would ask is that if you plan to attend at all, if you could please sign up using the Eventbrite link that is in the bio of our Instagram or Facebook page because that will give me a sense of numbers uh, to secure a venue, but also to keep in touch with anyone signing up about finalised arrangements without me having to spam uh, the social profiles for people that are not in attendance. So I hope this will be the first of many. I'm really looking forward to it and I've assembled a, a crack squad of helpers, um, which I almost instantly regretted after setting up a WhatsApp group. I never knew I had four project managers out of the group of five people. So you can imagine how, how smooth that's going to operate when everybody thinks they're in charge. Uh, but I'm delighted. I'm very grateful for their help. And I know it's going to be a great day. Please take part. Please get involved. It will only be what the community makes it. It's not for me. It's for all of us. That probably leads me on to the final thing I want to talk about here just very briefly and that's the plans moving forward for the podcast. Well, as I said, we're in episode 11 today. I've got a joint podcast in the offing with the Point 99 boys with the two Steves to discuss the Edinburgh Marathon um, where Mr Steve Runs announced last week that he is also going to be running so that'll be brilliant to meet him. I'm going to have Alison and a special guest on, as I said, for a marathon recap episode next Following that, I've only got another couple of episodes in the offing, centred in and around Edinburgh, which I will be running myself, um, and speaking to some other people that are involved in that event. Bit of a recap, and then we're going to take a short break at the beginning of the summer for a couple of weeks, revamp things a little bit, figure out what we've learned about this, figure out the parts that are working well, maybe hopefully reach out to the audience and get a wee bit of a sense of the bits that have landed particularly well, what you'd like to hear more of, uh, maybe look for some new ideas to keep things fresh and to move into a series too. 
seems ridiculous to be saying that at this stage, but that will be in and around 15 episodes. It feels like a nice point to break um, and just take stock of where we're at. There are so many opportunities coming up and things that I'm delighted to be sharing with the community. So I just want to make sure that we keep doing things well, make this the best thing it possibly can be, and that we can keep that sense of the vision of what the podcast was always for and is always going to be for, which is for everyday runners in the community, and that it doesn't segue into becoming something else by accident. So thank you again for all the support this many episodes in. The podcast is continuing to grow at a steady rate. It's all the more worthwhile when we know it's having that appeal and it's reaching out and it's helping other runners to connect with some of the emotions and the things and the thoughts and the feelings that they go through on their runs. So that's enough rambling from me for sure. I'm going to hand over now to my conversation with Pat Smith. Pat is an absolute salt of the earth, grade A member of the running community, the local running community. He is the everyday runner that we are all about. He is a constant presence in and around Park Run in Lanarkshire. I've had the privilege of meeting him several times. I help volunteer sometimes with him at the Junior Park Run. And I hope that this episode brings a little bit of insight into those who do Park Run and to what goes into to creating it, or maybe gives you a bit of information if you've never taken that step before and you're interested about how you can get involved and why you should get involved. Enjoy the episode. Good luck with your running. Make sure you get plenty of rest if you are doing your marathon. And when the time is right, get out there. Press play and run. Joining me in episode 11 is a local hero, fresh off completing his first marathon in Manchester. In his role as Park Run Ambassador for Lanarkshire, he's been responsible for more barcode scans than Tesco and dedicates endless time and weekends to growing Park Run and spreading the benefits of free running and fitness in his local community. I'm delighted to welcome to Press Play and Run, Patrick Smith, who from this moment forward will just be Pat. Welcome, Pat. How are you? (laughs) Yeah, I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Thanks for the invite. Appreciate it. Ah, delighted to have you on. This has been this one feels like it's been a long time coming. You were one of the first people we've recommended to get on, but I wanted to know what I was doing first before I get royalty on. You know. Oh, well, I was wondering how long it took you, mate. I thought I was at the bottom of the list. I've not quite scraped the bottom of the barrel yet. That'll be Laurie. That's Pat's wife, who's the run director at Junior Park Run, where my sons go. So Laurie hits me every time I'm there because of my cheek. So I may as well get in early with some of those jibes. Yeah, good luck with that one, buddy. So, so far, Pat, on Series 1, I've had somebody joining me from Tokyo, I've had somebody joining me in France, and the even more exotic Aberdeen, but you're continuing our international streak on your post-marathon celebration tour. Tell us where you're at. I'm in Sidi, Turkey, on holiday. Pat panned his camera around just to show me what the weather looked outside. Needless to say, I did not do the same for him to show him what Glasgow looks like right now. Pretty miserable, mate. I think it's at a steady 23-24. I can see with your sunburnt coupon that you're just doing just about fine. You look a bit different from me. Um, so i delighted to have you on, Pat. You're obviously somebody I've known on the periphery for a lot longer than I've known to speak to through your involvement with Pat Run. But before we get to anything to do with Pat Run, I want to start off on things I don't know the answers to. And that's finding out a bit about your own running, where it started, how long ago it started. And that is a sort of potted history. Has there been anything in between? Yeah, um, I, I was thinking about it when when we spoke we were going to go on the podcast and, you know, there was no definitive moment about when I started running because I was looking back on um, pictures, Facebook posts and I was like, when did I start? So I'm estimating about when, just as I hop my 40s, which probably is your typical midlife crisis, um, maybe a wee bit overweight, not really into the gym too much. So I started running and the obvious ones was the Glasgow's 
Glasgow 10Ks, which was, I'd done a couple of them before I even entered into the park run scene. And it was really just out myself, doing my thing. I got my brothers involved as well. So when we'd done the Glasgow 10Ks, it was more of a family affair. There's about five or six years doing it, which was quite a good time. And then just continued the, on the periphery of running. There was nothing special, no major events. 10Ks was about my limit. And then going on holiday, I'd met this lad who sat next to me. And he was a member of Pollock Park Run. Okay. And that's, that's where my Park Run story starts from there. But as for my own personal running, I've never really went big on it. Sort of just hut it in the background. It's always good fun hitting it in the background because then there's no pressure attached to it, which I feel as if I'm, I'm quite good at levelling out the pressure. Yeah. Um, I don't really feel it and I don't really give myself any pressure. Yeah. So when I'm out running, it's more of a relaxed affair, more of a take it as you, as you see it, as you feel it. You're, the, you're like the epitome of the everyday runner that I suppose we are shooting this at and that it's not been never been the central driving part of your life, but it's become an important one, absolutely. So was there no running early in your background, even from being like young? Is that basically a stand and start at 40 and then you just start getting out there? Yeah, stand and start, really. Um, nothing really exercise-wise, but I suppose it's like most people, you've got an active life, you've got an active job, so that keeps you semi-fit. And it's just when you're probably hitting the 40 years that realisation kicks in that maybe that tyre round your belly shouldn't really be there. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's probably been the wee kick up my bum to get going again. And I think it was Laurie that maybe noticed at first. <laughs> <laughs> ah, she's not shy, I'll give her that. To be fair, she's always encouraged me all the way around, you know. But I, I, I'm thinking that was a catalyst to it and it was just a wee change. And, you know, see when you start running and you're out there, it clears your head. You know, you've got a wee bit of mind space yourself to think things through, which I enjoyed, you know, yeah. and, but 99% of it was running myself. Which is ironic, given what you now do, where your running is very much wrapped up in relationships. Yeah, which is another good avenue. You know, I've, I've probably experienced both sides of the coin, which is which gives me a wee bit of understanding about people's journey and what they're going through and what the tipping points are, because entering into any sort of social engagement running is, is quite daunting you know running's quite daunting and then you've got the other spin-offs that are daunting that, that comes with it i.e going to a, a new club running with people a wee bit faster a wee bit slower than you so you know I, I, i've got a good understanding about where, where it all fits together hopefully yeah and there is there's a risk reward to putting yourself out there because it's if you've been running yourself, that is daunting enough to begin with. Then you're sort of exposed, feeling like maybe I don't belong there. But what you can get back in the flip side of it is so much more back from your running when you take that plunge. Rewards have been immense, you know. Yeah. I mean, personally, probably my well-being is, is, is probably a lot better now. I'm more rounded, not as in just my shape, but probably more rounded as a person, which I've seen me growing quite a bit over probably the last 10 years. Can't believe you beat me to that joke about growing there. I should, I'm just—it's too early in the day for me. I would usually have been first off the mark with that joke, Pat. So, so something, something did change very recently. Then, from that kind of running journey, ten k being the, the sort of limit. I know you've done much more since then, but if we fast forward, then what are we ten years in? I don't want to ask a gentleman his age, but you've just done the Manchester Marathon. So. How big a challenge was that for you? Talk me through a wee bit of the, or how that came about, preparation. Through your running journey, when you're in the social circles, marathons tend to be a big topic of conversation. It's always a name, a goal for everyone. And, you know, I've never felt the pull towards it. I've never felt the need. I've done a couple of halves, more of a sort of tester. I've supported quite a few people on their half, which I tend to get more enjoyment out of. 
supporting them through their journey. And the, the, the tipping point for the marathon was one of our friends, he was doing his last marathon. He's got an injury and Manchester was supposed to be his last. And it always says, I'll do your last marathon with you as a support mechanism. The way it panned out, his injury was a wee bit worse than he'd expected. So I ran it myself. Can't beat that. Somebody signing up with you. It happened to me at Manchester the year it was cancelled and I'd done all my training. I was going to be running with my mate and he pulled out as well. So I did all the training myself. It was devastating because I wasn't even that interested like you. I had never felt the pull until until then of doing it. And now obviously I'm overcoming that. But can you tell me about how you found the training then? Because it's, it is a big jump. You and I spoke about it at Junior Park Run, just in terms of time commitment. How did you cope with that increased load? I was very much adamant that I wasn't wanting it to interrupt my lifestyle. I wasn't wanting to take away any family time with my grandkids and my lorry. Because I know it can impact. I mean, you must notice it yourself, the hours you need to put into these things. And, and I'm relatively sort of fit-ish. I think. So I know you had to do a couple of necessaries, i.e. the long runs had to get increased in, in, in distance and you had to do some speed sessions. So I sort of worked it out within my social structure just now that I will do my long sessions probably on a Sunday or a Wednesday and my speed sessions were part run. So it's a bit different training programme I had than probably most people's because I was probably twice, three times a week. There is definitely one more than one way to go about setting up. I mean, there's a conventional if you speak to seasoned marathon runners, they will tell you the way it should be done because they've done yeah. loads. And But everybody's goals are different in and within a marathon. It's not everybody's running to you know try and get Boston qualifying time. For some people, it's yeah. a completely different journey. But I have noticed yeah. it myself, and it's I'm seeing the progress in my personal running, and that's so satisfying. But I do feel the selfishness of how frequently I'm out of the house. I'm up to you know, 80k weeks at the moment, 75, 80k. And it feels like all you're doing is running or recovering. And that takes a toll on, certainly on Nicola and the kids and because you're eating into their time. So it's not something I think I could do on a very regular basis, but I'm throwing myself into it because it's the first time. Yeah, well, you've got to be comfortable with your training plan. I mean, mind was always how my body feels. You know, I've had problems with my knees for a few years and I'm thinking, well, if I do five, six runs a week, my knees are just going to give way. So I wouldn't be able to achieve what I'm looking to achieve. A couple of times a week is sort of what I'm used to and what I think my knees can cope. So I was sort of balancing it up. You know, you were quite right about the the expectation that comes with marathons because people always run for pace and time. Whereas I'd sort of believed at the time, just running it for fun, see how I go. I know a lot of people, once they do an event, their first thing is, oh, I could have cut a corner there, I could have cut some time off there, I could have maybe pushed by that water station, and all these things go through your mind. Whereas yeah. I was just running around enjoying it. I'm trying to keep as level about that as I can. I definitely do run to pace. I definitely have goals in my mind, but the first goal is to go and enjoy it and not hate it. So that if I ever want to do a marathon again, I don't have a negative experience of it. And that's so if that takes me four hours to get that experience, that's what it'll take. And if it takes me three and a half, that's what it'll that's what I'll do. I'll do whatever I can within that safe limit of not blowing up. Yeah, I mean that's quite surprising when you do a marathon. This obviously it's my first one. The amount of people that you you talk to on route, the amount of people with injuries that you see on route, you know, it's you know, it's quite heartfelt that, that people have worked so hard to get to a, a position and a place and yet it just sort of crumbles in front of them and you know some of the people I was talking to it was you know it was very emotional they were put in the average and done the work and suddenly it sort of caved in on them yeah but you know in all you know I'd say it's a very positive marathon experience to add to be honest I, I think it was a lot easier than I thought it would be <laughs> I know everybody will be like yeah right <laughs> everybody's hating you right now but you know what I expected and that's why we booked the holiday straight after 
Yeah. But I was quite happy how I felt after it and the day after. And I've already, we've been here a week now, and I've done, I think that's my third run I've done this morning. So I'm, I'm feeling okay. You know, it's quite a positive experience for me. Show sure off, Pat, show sure off. We spent the day on the couch yesterday watching the London Marathon. You're right, you just see the highs and the lows, what people have put themselves through to get there. And some people are on the line hanging by a thread. Um, so people falling over the line. And then there's others that just had the best day of their life. The, the experience is completely different for everybody, but I'm delighted to hear you had a really positive one and I hope mine feels something like that. Let's then move on. Well, we're jumping back in time because you mentioned Paul at Parkrun. So Pat is an ambassador. You're the Lanarkshire ambassador for Parkrun. Is that right? I don't want to mistitle you. <laughs> it's north. It's north and south Lanarkshire. Ambassador. North and south. Okay, so north and south Lanarkshire, and I live on the periphery of both of those, and I'm from North Lanarkshire originally. So we're from the same neck of the woods, and we're in the same types of events. But can you take me back then to Paul? How far back are you going into your Parkrun journey? You you briefly mentioned how you started. Just tell me a wee bit about how you grew into that scene. So the lad that I spoke to was quite enthusiastic about it. When people are talking to you about free events, you're always very sceptical about how big or well organised. It sounds a bit alien. What do you mean it's free? So I had quite a lengthy conversation with him during the flight and, and you know, it intrigued me. So as soon as we came back, two weeks later, I'd uh, then ventured to Pollock. And you know, what a surprise. Firstly, the amount of people that were there, I think there was 300 there, which I'd only seen that at big events previously. And I had money in my pocket just in case there was a donation to give. There was something to give back. I had money with me. Um, but no, not unless I skipped it nobody asked me. But <laughs> um, And, you know, apart from it being quite crowded and narrow paths, it was quite enjoyable. And when I spoke to Laurie after it, I said to her, yeah, enjoyed that. Um, just a bit narrow paths and a bit busy. You know, so then I sort of teetered on the, I wonder if there's any more. And that's when... My local one, Strathclyde, came on uh, on my radar. And I'd been running around Strathclyde a few times, so I knew the path network. And I was like, well, that's a wee bit wider. I looked online and I saw the numbers were a wee bit lower. So I thought, oh, maybe that maybe suit me a wee bit better. Because it's all about how comfortable you are in that environment. And and sometimes when you go to park run for the first time, it's very intimidating. I mean, I don't underestimate the, the challenge people are facing when they first visit a park run because park run is very community-based. So you're walking into a community-based event that you're not a part of yet. Yeah. So it's it's quite intimidating that you're there. Everybody else is talking. Everybody knows each other. And it's probably the same as any running social event. You're alien to that at the beginning. So I persevered with it. As you do, you just start talking to people. <laughs> as you do. <laughs> you just go over and you have a wee chat. Because I was very curious about how the whole thing worked. More so because it's free. You know, I'm like, how, how, do you, how, how can you do that? Yeah. How did that work? And when was uh, this for you? How far back, just to put a timeline on that, for Strathclyde, like first run Strathclyde? 12 years. Right, oh, okay, I didn't even realise it had been going as long as that. Yeah, you're probably still at school at that time, maybe. <laughs> I think I was two. No, I'm, I jest, I jest. <laughs> I, I, don't, I definitely wasn't running that long ago, though. So that was in probably probably July, August, when I was at Strathclyde, and the event had just started in the, the April. So mm-hmm. I missed the beginning of it for the first month or two. And the first time I was there, I was hooked. Mm-hmm. You know, welcoming. Yeah. Similar to the part run today. Welcoming, encouraging, people there supporting you. It's a fabulous environment. I mean, if you, I know you've listened to a couple of these episodes and I am a huge advocate for of part run. I'm not involved in any way in the sense that you are in any official capacity, but 
it's been the glue to my running regardless of what i've been doing in running so whether i'm i did a bit of triathlon for a while part run was still the run i look forward to every week i based a run around it marathon now i'm sort of part run sandwich and I'll, I'll run to a part run do a part run come back i love the social bit but i think it took me genuinely 60 odd part runs to top 10 of the maybe 50. Ooh. i don't think oh. i i don't think i'd spoke to anybody until that point unless i went with them um yeah. i was just turning up doing my run and going home and then then i started opening up a bit having more of those conversations and that completely changed my experience of what park run is it, it's moved from being somewhere where i ran as fast as i could to something i look forward to for the people it's a very intimidating just when you initially go there but as as a core team member of any event we we always advocate that you go out and you try and speak to as many people as you can being a core team member because that's how you invite people into the circle now, whether it's a small circle or a big circle but it lets them get involved and it lets them know who you are it lets them see a familiar face because when you're going to any meetings or any event first thing you look for who do i recognize yeah where's my safe zone you know yeah and that's where you're, you're attracted to this safe zone so when you go to a park run people are looking for a safe zone Um previously when I first started, I always done the first timers briefing. Always gave people my name, let them know I'm always there for you. Come and speak to me, just so that they've got a point of contact, someone that they know. Their name is Pat. He might be a bit gobby sometimes, but he's a familiar face, and and he always has a wee chat with me, you know. And and that, you know, see, for some people, that's that's the turning point. You know, that's that could be the, the turning point from turning up to an event or not. Of course, yeah. Uh, we had Emancipated Run Crew on, a, a run crew in down south in London, and they're at South yeah. Norwood Park Run. And they, that's, I was asking them the question because we were having a chat about diversity, and they don't see a lot of black and brown runners at park runs, even in such a diverse area as London. That bit sticks with me. Jules was saying, just open your circle up, literally. Like she means if you're standing in a crowd, open it out, say hi to people passing, look for the person on their own, try and reach out because it can absolutely be the thing that makes a person come back next week. And I think park run ethos is that, and it has to be that. Yeah. Now, when you go to any park run, uh, you can stand up on maybe an elevated area and you'll see silos. You'll see small groups of people all around having their wee circles and none of them really intermix for a RD for an ambassador, the mm-hmm. role is to get as many people involved in volunteering in the event as possible. Yeah. So as as we advocate breaking down the circles, and the only way you break down the circles is going over and having a wee chat, introduce yeah. them to your part of the part run experience. And that that's one of the important things that we do at Strathclyde because the core team are always out chatting rather than sticking around a circle themselves. Yeah. They're always around promoting the event, speaking mm-hmm. to different people, getting their experiences, cheering them on, you know, and that's what brings people into your circle. And the bigger yeah. circle you've got in an event, the easier volunteers are to come come by. Yeah. Uh, but but the converse is true, I think, for from a runner's perspective, if, if you're feeling a bit oh, about going and a wee bit anxious about stepping over the line, going to a smaller park run, I think, is very often an, an easier way in. Strathclyde, in my time running it, I think I've done, I think I'm at about 80-odd park runs, and I've done most of them there. I've seen the growth and the numbers it's gone from sometimes 150 at the start when i was there to you can have 300 in any given week now so it, it that can feel impenetrable for how they actually break into that type circle whereas if you're at toll cross if you're at candle rig or somewhere else in lanarkshire you're going to have a much reduced number and it can be a wee bit less oh 
about having to speak to people, it gets a bit easier to put names yeah. to faces, I think. Yeah, and that's what it's all about, just seeing the familiar people week in, week out, because that's what you go for. You go for your run and you go for some social activity. Now, that might be the only social activity that person has all week. Yeah. Social interaction. There might not be anything they do. Yeah. And we, we promoted it for the last few years now. We used to focus on runners, increasing the volume of events. But now, over the last, what, five probably four or five years, it's been more about the volunteering, the well-being side of it, the getting people involved in the social activity that is part run. Yeah. Rather than uh, everybody's there for a nice run and getting a PB, which is great when you get it. But mm-hmm. when you look at, when you stand back and you look at people's stories and journeys, it's not all about the running side of it. You know, we've yeah. got a lot of volunteers who don't run. Yeah. They're quite happy just volunteering, you know, and a wee bit of social inclusion, speaking to people, cheering people on. You know, it's it's quite amazing. You know, it's quite heartfelt. It's like going to the juniors. I mean, I, I defy anybody to say they don't enjoy a juniors when you see the kids running through the yeah. lane. I mean, my, yeah, my boys, my boys are completely converted to it. Well done for them for their PBs the other week. I think they only get PBs when you and I are not there. Oh, well, probably, mate. <laughs> I, I had them there. I was there on Sunday watching, and the two of them were sauntering around. I'm like, they're just trying to wind me up. They'll just run as slow as they can when I'm there, and running as fast as they can when it's their mum now. No, no, they've got the ideal story, mate. They'll just PB when they want. You know, ah, it's not that. an ideal They're there to enjoy it. I seen them when, a few weeks ago. I seen them when I was, I think I was Taylor Walker, and I, they were around picking flowers. I'm I know. Like, yeah. Well done, lads. Good on you. Just enjoy just, it. And you know, that's what it's about. It's yeah. not about running fast all the time. I was marshalling that week, wondering where the two of them were until Joshua came round the corner waving a daffodil. I thought, there you go. So, <laughs> sometimes you just can't train the runner, and someday they've got to find it themselves. <laughs> Something to aim for in your, your marathon. <laughs> he gave it to his mum and told her that he picked it for her, so he's got he's got the right idea of keeping mum sweet at least. Nice one, nice one. Now, I hope I'll see your picture at the end of Edinburgh Marathon with Daffodil. Aye, well, I'll probably be lying like one in the muck. <laughs> Let's take the chance while we're here then, just because it's a natural segue, then volunteers are obviously the lifeblood of Park Run without it. It doesn't happen. You hear the RDs say it. How important is it and how much of a struggle, I suppose, I want both sides of this, how much of a struggle can it be for some events to get enough to put that on? Yeah, I mean, it's always been a struggle. And you think when the event an event has mass numbers, you, you don't think it's a struggle. But, it, you know, as people have got other things in their lives, they've got other commitments, they want it, there might be the only opportunity that week of getting a run. Yeah. So why do they want to volunteer when they need that run in for their own mental health needs, their own fitness, you know? Um, but it is a, it's always a struggle. You know, it gets better the more you open up the circle. There's a couple of things that we tend to do, i.e. just try to open up the silos. So saying when you go to an event, you see the circle of people, you try to break down the circle, you try to introduce yourself and you get them understanding that there's a face behind a volunteer rather than just a role that someone does and they walks away. And, you know, that's, that's a constant struggle for every event. But, you know, it's down to the community to support each individual event. The event is community-based. It's, it's not a... I guarantee the event is going to be on every week. Yeah. And it's just down to the support of the community that that event is on every week. Mm-hmm. Nothing more than that. It's not down to my doing or any of the, the core team. It's down to the people stepping forward and having yeah. that, that sort of responsibility to, to say, well, I'm giving something back. The enjoyment that you get out of giving something back sometimes eclipses the running that you do, especially if you're running is like mine and you, you've, your PB world is over. <laughs> never, <laughs> never. <laughs> Um, but that that sort of introducing a new side to part run um, on the volunteer side it's is really important, you know. But it's a perpetual struggle. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I've obviously been doing it a lot more through the juniors, which works for me because I can get my Saturday running and also give something back on the Sunday. My kids are at it, but I've even volunteered a couple of weeks when they've not been running because it doesn't take, it takes up less time because it's a much, it's only two kilometres. Um, but you get a real sense there of what just what goes into a park run to put one on. It's, it, it, I've seen a couple of good social media posts recently from run directors basically doing little stories of, here's what it takes to put on an event and all the kit laid out the night before rocking up in the morning walking the course and everything that goes on it's it's a big undertaking so i suppose i would just join you in saying to people i understand not wanting to give up a run but there's all there are points when we are all niggly injured running a different day some people hung over whatever it is take the chance that day if you can to give it back you don't have to do it often but you get a whole lot back, especially the juniors. You get high fived off a million wee people on the way by, and you make you're making their day. They're having yeah. a brilliant time. So yeah. I would say to end, it's been a hugely positive part of my own park run experience, and I've got to know you guys, the core team, who I then see at park runs all over the place. And again, it just improves my social um, experience yeah. of the event. So to anybody toying with it, even if you're wondering what park runs about, go volunteer first, get a feel for it before you stand on that line and feel nervous about running. Yep, good shout, mate. Good shout. We'd advocate that all the time. Give it a go. You know, that's all you can do if you're, if you're feeling intimidated. Marshall, you know, out on one of the Marshall points, let's like see everybody pass them, see the smiley faces, yep. see the whinging faces, see the complaining faces, see the disappointed faces. See the 15-minute faces as they blur past you. Oh, very true. They're always fast, eh? But yeah. uh, when you see the kids, when you volunteer near Marshall at the kids' events, I mean, the kids just go through a, a myriad of emotions yeah. within the UK. They go everything. Every one of the kids get a stitch. We supply stitches for you now. Yeah, yeah. You're just trying to stop them getting in the lock for a swim half the time. If the kids have got a stitch, you sort them on, give them a well done, you're doing fantastic, keep yeah. them going. But that experience themselves, that experience itself, the interaction with someone, is, is, you know, for your well-being and for your own mental health, is quite encouraging. Yeah. And actually planting that seed pat for kids about the benefits of running. I've had Josh and Brody on like for a couple of minutes and a couple of different episodes and you know i don't i don't prime josh on what he's saying and he talks already they, they're hearing they speak a different language in school than we spoke about well-being and anxiety and speaking out and so they've got a much deeper understanding but he already knows the benefits of how much better he feels after he runs than being stuck at a screen um you're planting real important seeds getting young people involved so that's something i wanted to ask you a wee bit about part of the drive of the podcast is definitely turning towards that sort of social justice element and widening access to running. And I think something I've noticed, and I think I spoke to you about it, Pat, maybe, is you are in Drumpelier Park Run for the juniors, and I know a lot of, I look at the one at Elder Park in Govan as well. You're in areas of really built up deprivation, right? So that's just statistically what it is. I work in North Lancashire in education. I'm well aware of the statistics. The population of people still coming to Park Run doesn't always represent the area that it's in. How do you take steps as Park Run in terms of reaching out with partners to uh, to try and encourage everybody to understand the benefits and to to be able to access? Yeah. You know, it's, it's a hard journey. I, I think initially, I've always believed that running is a middle-class activity. Initially, I, I always believed that. And the good thing with park run is it breaks that barrier down from your natural journey would be going out running yourself, joining a running club, get serious, try and improve your stats, time, pace, distance. Whereas park run sort of bridges that wee gap, it's like a cushion. So you go out running yourself, you don't really want the commitment of a running club or maybe financially it's, it's not 
uh, available for you. You join Patron and you do it for free. So it's that small introduction. But when you're talking about the social deprivation of areas, I mean, it's it's, it's a fine line. You, you want the community to support the event. You don't want to overly publicise that you're needing people to come. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be more of a want to do it rather than a, oh, I think I need to do it for the community. If yeah. You're not, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, so you try and get the message out about what you offer. Now, touching base with local schools, communities, there's always a, a, a fine line about how you do that. There's that many organisations out there looking for participants and, yeah. and people to join and, and everybody. Just like I was back in the day, everybody's always that sceptical about free events. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh my goodness, what's it going to be? Um, and then when you look at the environment that's running, it's completely apart. It might not be accessible for people because they don't have a car. We don't have any access to get there. There's a lot of challenges ahead, but Parkrun as an organisation are definitely stepping stepping up their understanding about the local communities, what makes everyone tick. And with local communities, it's not as easy as one size fits all because yeah. communities are different. The, the dynamics different. The, the diversity is different. So do, what you would do in one middle-class uh, area, you wouldn't do in a, maybe a socially deprived area because it yeah. wouldn't have thought. So it, they're very much recently in the last couple of years have put a lot of um, focus on it and they're still doing it as we go along so every ambassador's conference that we go to there's definitely certain tips and tricks and our toolboxes our toolkit is getting expanded yeah. as we go along but you know it's 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 an and you know where Elder Park I mean my heart goes out to Elder Park yeah you know you know the location I know a lot of people maybe don't know the locations in Glasgow but you're in between Rook and Glen fantastic park yeah hundred plus kids every week get in between that and victoria park probably 70 100 kids every week yeah. elder park in the middle if they get double figures they're doing well yeah and that's but for anybody who doesn't understand the geography of those areas it is uh probably one of the most working class areas in scotland right on the banks of the clyde and it's a very built up area so transport not necessarily the same barrier that it might be in lanarkshire where it's a bit more mm. a bit more rural than that not overly, but but you still need a car really to get to Drumpella from most outlying areas. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Victoria Park and Rook and Glen Park that both sit in, again, quite middle class at least areas in some of that. And it is, but this is something that I see in my job. It's not just running, that applies to opportunity elsewhere. So mm -hmm. maybe you're right, maybe it's just, you can't browbeat people into going, that's not what Park Run is. But if people have got, are armed with the information of how they can, and why yeah. they can, then yeah. there's something there. So maybe there is still a role. I know I'm certainly speaking to the people that I work with in active schools and whatnot. There's a lot of people, as you say, whose job it is to promote events and yeah. it's just getting that message out there. Can I ask you, Pat, what Park Run then has done? I think you've probably touched on it, but what does Park Run mean to you at this juncture, 10, 12 years down the line as an ambassador? You know, it probably has a, a lot of different avenues that are sort of ticks my box. You obviously like the notoriety, people knowing who you are. Which is great. Like before, when marathons weren't my thing, the support element, I was more interested in supporting people doing their half marathons than I was doing one myself. So similar, if you transfer that over to Park Run, you're more interested in supporting people uh, rather than doing it yourself. And, you know, see the enjoyment that you get from someone popping up and doing their first run, maybe coming up, running, and maybe their, their brother's trainers, their, their brother's shorts, and suddenly... You see them week on week improving, getting better, you know, maybe yeah. improving their time, suddenly getting involved in the volunteers. And you see them growing, just the same as the kids that you see them growing. Mm -hmm. You know, you see them more confident, more cocky the kids are, you know, because they tend to be a wee bit more 
forward and the yeah. adults are a little bit more cheekier, which is great because they come very shy. I mean, it's like you're two, you know, yeah. you're like, oh my goodness, here they come, here's a world <laughs> one. You know, that, that, that for me is, is probably where I feel um, benefits me more. Probably yeah. it's quite obvious. It gives me the feel-good factor as if I'm contributing to the community, as yeah. if I'm giving something back and helping people through their mental health journey, their fitness journey, whatever journey they're going through. If Pat Run can help, then I'm definitely there to facilitate that as best I can. That, um, that's essential though, Pat, for anybody volunteering. It's not it's not all selfless selfless. You get so you get you get as you need to get something back from it or you wouldn't do it. Why would that's how we are pre programmed to work. If you know, if you're gonna give your time, you get something back. So I, I completely understand that. You're at this, you're now anchored into your own community through running and you've got so many positive relationships. And I see that with you. I mean, you would talk to the wall anyway, but you know nearly everybody who's running. Um, yeah. The wall, the wall would probably stop listening, but you would keep talking. I've seen me, I've seen a few holding me up before back in the day. Um, what, what about what about the growth of running in Lanarkshire then? So, what's that been over your time? So, the, when did the ambassadorship start actually first, and and how has it how has it grown in Lanarkshire since? Well, ambassadors have always been with Parkrun. They've just grew the numbers for the volume of events that we have. They, they don't want the ambassadors to have too many events because it loses grip, not not control, but it loses involvement because you want to make sure you're still there to support the existing uh, yeah. events as well as the new events. So, you having too many sort of spread you too thin, but. With an area like North and South Lanarkshire, there is certain areas as an ambassador you'll look at and you'll think, oh, I think we need a wee area there, or I think we need a wee event there, and you sort of pinpoint ones. So when I first initially started um, in North and South Lanarkshire, I think we had Lanark Mora, Mura just started, we had Strathclyde, that was about what we had. So since then, Drumpelier started, Drumpelier 2K, Palace Rig has started as well. And I'd earmarked Cumbernauld because Cumbernauld's a very community-based running area. And so is East Kilbride, Straven, Wisho as well. So they're probably my next sort of targets to try and push for an event. And what that does is it spreads spreads a love a bit. I know that's probably quite happy saying that. Um, but a lot of people are on the periphery of an event like Strathclyde who yeah. probably in the back of their mind they want to get involved, but they're not really confident enough to push forward by the, the sort of the lines that you need to go yeah. by to get to the people who make the decisions. Whereas if they had a local event, smaller event, they might feel a wee bit more yeah. able to put forward and to take some responsibility on. Um, so definitely the two areas are on the key for this year. You put out, or or actually through the Parkrun account, it went out uh, an information session if you want to hear a bit more, if you're looking for. So what what can people do to get involved if they think there's somewhere there I'd like to get involved? If they've been a part of the Parkrun community and think I could start one, how do they take those first steps? Okay, so what they do is they will give us an email and I'll speak to one of the ambassadors or the local event teams and they will then point in direction on who can help. Um, yeah. We will then send them some information on the technicalities of the processes that you need to go through to the hoops that you need to jump for an event to go ahead. And with that, you'll get an ambassador who will walk with you side by side from start right all the way to the end 
and even further in past. So you will always someone there to sort of steer you in the right directions, give you guidance on what park run sort of processes are, what the event has to look like, how safe the event has to be, and you will have that side-by-side experience all the way through. But even before that, if someone is interested in getting involved in park run, I mean, speak to your local event team. Um, get involved at a volunteer level initially, seeing what the background is like to see initially, yeah, it's a great idea, or what my own event. Yeah. But you need to have an involvement uh, and understanding about what involvement is. You know, like, so be a volunteer. Shadow the NRD. You know, yeah. be there just in the background and see what goes on. You know, yeah. And then you make the decision of whether you want to do it or not. Yeah. You know, it's not, sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming, but it's like anything in life, the first time that you, or the anticipation of doing something the first time is always worse than the continuation of doing it. That's what I was thinking, though, as well. If you're, A lot of people would look and say, I know a place, but I think it's important that you do have the experience of even seeing what a run director does or having the experience of having done it yourself. Yeah, there is a, bit, a lot of safeguarding involved as well because you are responsible when you do, when you are an RD or an ED for the safeguarding of that event and all its participants. So there's a sense of responsibility to it. And some people take that like duck to water. Some people are a wee bit intimidated by that, but it's good to have an understanding before you venture into that. Yeah. Um, what the expectations are. I love Park Run. I've said that a million times on here. I just would encourage anybody, if you've never been involved, go get involved. Whether it's volunteering, yeah. running, it will open up a new avenue to your running. It doesn't need to be... If running is something you like to do, isolated on your own, fair enough. But if it's something you struggle to keep the motivation with, it can really, really help to know that everybody feels like that when they run at certain points. And that's where you're going to meet other runners. Yeah. Yeah, the feeling that you have in running isn't isolated. Everybody has the same niggles, twinges, doubts. Yes. I know that you run with Mount Vernon runners as well, which is a yes. social jog Scotland group. Now running is not such an isolated thing for you as it was in the beginning. Ben's group, and I'm not really an advocate, just me personally, I've never been in a running group, um, like a, a running association. Yeah. Um, I've always felt that's maybe not my bag. So when, when I heard about Ben, what Ben was doing, I was like, that's fantastic. Similar to the sort of part run ethos, it's just a social group. Yeah. No coaching, no seriousness about it, no targets to reach or given or uh, expected. You just turn up, have a wee social run, have a wee laugh, and then you go home, you know, which is, for, yeah. for me, that, that fits my, my bracket. Um, yeah. And that, that's why I'm, because you know around our area, there's a couple of great, great clubs. Uh, Newton Roadrunners is fantastic. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't promote them enough. Um, if you're wanting to take that next step up. But for me, Mount Vernon sort of hits, hits, hits the box just now. We're blessed. We're absolutely blessed with some really good running clubs, as you said, and you've yeah. got Shettleson and Rutherglen. And, and yeah. it, it, depending on your level of competitiveness and seriousness, there's a club that fits everybody. Yeah. But for loads of people, a club is not the step they want to take, and I can understand that. But Ben's yeah. doing incredible work in terms of, for me, providing a community space and a safe space for people that don't yeah maybe want to run on their own and he's there all year round. He's such an unassuming guy. I couldn't speak highly yeah. enough of him. I was delighted no, yeah. to see his success in London there as well. And yeah, PB he's and, done fantastic. Um, fantastic. He, I'm just going to tell everybody, though, he was greeting after it, just so you know. He was. He was. <laughs> I, I sent him a wee message and he admitted it, so I'm going to out him publicly. Uh, nice one, mate. So, Pat, with your own personal running then, Manchester's been. The marathon yes. is ticked off the list. What is next? I know it sounds like you're not driven by one race to the next goals. That's not what your running is. Yeah. But is there anything else that you're looking in the horizon that 
ticking off? Um, not really. You know, I, there, there is. I mean, when I do these big events, uh, the halves and the, the marathons, it's always in support of someone. If yeah. someone is looking for that wee bit of encouragement or that wee bit of company, either during their training or, or during the event, I'm, I'm always open to that. But I, for me personally, I'm, I'm nothing. You know, I don't look forward uh, and plan my, my year's running events. Yeah. Um, I like doing a couple of events. You know, I enjoy doing them. Me and Laurie do the Paisley 10K, which is quite enjoyable. Yeah. Um, the Glasgow 10K, over the last couple of years, we've took holidays over that time, so we missed that. Um, last year, we've done the Black Rock 5 which is an amazing event. Mm-hmm. I'd, never, I'd never experienced anything like that. Um, you're starting off in Kinghaven, running downhill onto the beach, right. running around the black rock, and I didn't appreciate when people were telling me your feet are going to get wet. Well, <laughs> the other side of the black rock, you're knee-deep in water as you're going round and you're running back, which is an amazing event. I mean, I think there's about 1,200, 1,500 people there, which is amazing. More, um, more than just your feet getting wet there? Oh, it's, it's, you know, it's unbelievable. They've got a piper on the rock. I, I couldn't promote that one enough. That was a great way of it. That's amazing. And I like the idea of doing something different, like the Fourth Road Bridge one. It's, I think it's got to be something different rather than, not that there's anything wrong with running around the streets of Glasgow, Lanarkshire, Edinburgh, yeah, anywhere. Yeah. But I think it needs to be something scenic and spectacular for me to sort of do an event now. Yeah. Yeah, we are going to have our our first uh, podcast meetup uh, with with right. people with listeners after the men's and women's ten k on the eighteenth of June in Glasgow. So I'm looking forward to that nice one, one as well. Nice I've one. never, I don't think I've ever done the men's ten k. Nicola's done the women's and she's doing it again. So we're going right. to make it. We're going to make a day of it a couple of weeks after my own marathon. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Whether I'm running or cheering, I've signed up, but I'll see how my legs feel nearer the time. <laughs> you'll you'll be fine, buddy. You've done the leg work. Literally. Uh, well, literally, it feels like literally it feels like I've done about three people's leg work. I think actually this week, Pat, I'm going to run more by the end of this week than I ran the whole of last year mileage. So that just shows you the volume that, that sort of ramps up for, for marathon. Yeah, that's incredible. You're doing um, well, mate. I, I watch your travel all the time. You're doing fantastic, mate. I, I love to self-promote, you know that. I'll tell everybody how amazing I am. I won't, I'll, hide the good, I'll hide the bad ones from you, though. Well, I've noticed the missing segments of his strike. Aye, exactly. That's when I was on. That's when I was in a car like that ultra runner. That's amazing. Eh? <laughs> oh, it was unbelievable. I'm not going to get drawn too far into that well, world. Let's not, let's not go into that. <laughs> right, Pat. I want to round us off with you again. You've listened, so you're aware. There's a quick fire round here. What, sure. One of these questions is going to be more painful for you than for most, but I'm going to hold okay. you to an answer for each of them. So it's the sort of first thing that come to mind. If you want to explain a wee bit about it, you can do, but we'll move through these at a wee pace. Favourite running shoe of all time? Parkland used to, back in the day, they used to give me free trainers every every month or a, a person who improved the most. That was a good day. <laughs> so Sweatshop, Sweatshop used to promote a free pair of trainers for every event. for yeah. um, And I'd, I'd lucky enough that I got it. Um, but previously that, it was always 20, 30 pound trainers. So Gavin, the lad who's in sweatshop, got me on the treadmill, walked out my gate, as I do, yep. gave me the technical side of life with my yep. legs, <laughs> and gave me this uh, 150 pound trainers, um, which I was very grateful for. Tried them on, thought, fantastic, I feel great, I'm going to break all sorts of records. The first three months, I think I had three runs. I was just injury after injury after injury because it was changing my gait, changing yeah. my run. And after three months, I'm embarrassed to say, I shoved them in the bin. <laughs> so as for favourite trainers, I don't really have any. I try them on. If they're nice and light and they're comfy, I tend to buy them. Make, I'm not really associated with any sort of particular make. 
it's just really if they feel if they feel comfortable in the light, what do need? Well, I'll just edit that out and write in Crocs, right? So we'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Favourite training route? Um, oh, it's got to be the one from our house. It's the route from our house up to Big Burgedy. And I've always had it in my mind. There's a 10k route that I've always wanted to do a relaxing 10k under 50 minutes. And every time I go out, I'm 1 minutes, 52 minutes. And I've just never, never broke that the back of that yet and that's probably my favourite one yeah I was so happy that I got where we are in CD I got the local legend on my Strava so just like to put that out there oh well that's good my long run next week's going to be running up and down there until you've not got it anymore <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to sun yourself on holiday you can expect to lose that <laughs> best running related book or podcast you've read or listened to okay so I'm not really social media in the social media zone, tinker on Facebook, but podcast, yours is the first podcast I've ever listened to on a regular basis. So we win um, by default? No, no, certainly not. No, <laughs> it's a voluntary thing with your podcast. I don't think I'm, I have to listen to it. Yeah, you <laughs> um, absolutely I do, do. Yeah, I do religiously listen to it and you know, it's enjoyable um, and it's probably because there's a lot of connections and I'm familiar with a lot of the discussions that you're having. Yeah. Good thing is that the, the the guests that you're on are familiar as well. I usually ban people from saying this podcast, but because that is the first one you listen to and the one yeah, you do I, listen to regularly, yeah. I'm keeping it in. Proudest running moment? You know, it's probably got to be the marathon there. For one reason, that I was never interested in it. For two, this isn't blown my trumpet. but I thought it was a lot easier than I thought it would be. What about worst race or running experience? Okay, so Mark, my son-in-law, was reintroduced himself back into running, so he was doing the training. Doing a lot of training with him, and the target was the Glasgow Half Marathon. So, said I'd support him all the way through it. He, he was getting a wee bit faster than probably what I was comfortable with, but yep. on the event day, you know, he was positive, he was looking good, he was feeling good. I'd just come off the back of a flu, wasn't the best. I'll get the excuses out of the way first, right? Sounds <laughs> a lot like it. <laughs> Sorry about that, apologies for my excuses. Um, so, started off fantastic, 5k minutes, started off quite comfortable. He was he was strong, you know. He was looking good. He reached uh, Bella Houston Pollock Park, yeah, um, for the turnaround. And at that point, I was done. My feet started bleeding. My knees started giving way. There was just nothing in the tank. So, as any honourable thing, told me to push on, stick to his pace, commit, um, and keep doing what he's doing. And he got a fantastic time. For me, by the time I got to the finish, that was horrendous. What about ultimate? Post long run meal or drink. What what did you go for it right after the marathon? Um, well, you know, on the night before we went to an Indian, which was fantastic. Maybe we were advisable to go have an Indian the night before. It was fantastic. So when we'd finished, the Indian was around the corner, and I thought, mm, I better not have an Indian just in case it doesn't agree with me. So we went for pasta. So yeah. nothing in particular, just pasta, something nice and simple. And we'd made the mistake that we had to leave that night. Yeah, because our flight was the next day. So it was a quick meal. Run with or without music? When I started running, I always run with music. At part run, don't run with music. Um, when I started training for marathon, run with music. When I done the event, never run with music. So it's very much with the training, yes, on the events. No. What's the best ever single piece of running advice you have been given or could give? I remember a few years ago that I was watching one of the, I think it was the European Champions or the Olympics, and one of our Scottish athletes had wrote on her hand go out strong and commit. I can't remember who it was. So she had that written on her hand and the camera had caught it. You know, and I thought about it and I'm like, my goodness, that's such a strong statement. Now, it's not about go out fast. 
not about killing the time. It's about just go out strong and commit to what you've what you're aiming for. Yeah. Whether it's to finish the event, uh, fast, slow, distance, whatever. But go out strong and commit. I like that. That's good. Now the question I feel borderline bad for asking, but I'm going to anyway. Favorite park run? <laughs> it's like asking you to choose between your children. Uh, um, probably for regularity, Strathclyde is probably my favourite. But I have um, when I'm going round when we're visiting other events or if I'm doing a wee bit of tourism, the event has to have water next to it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, a lock, some kind yes. of lock. A lock or the, the coast. You know, yeah. the event has to have one event. To be fair, I mean, we, we've, I've run quite a few different events. We used to do an event that a group of the, the core team was actually do Parkathon, which was every year. We used to go to an area and smash out quite a few parklands. So you visited quite a lot of parklands. I think we've done 18 in one weekend. And to be fair, the park sort of looks similar unless there's something idyllic about them. I, yeah. A nice coastline. Yeah. Running over some dunes or at Crosby. You're running on the sand next to the, the statues, yep. which is fantastic. Crosby Beach is amazing. Uh, there's a couple of good recommendations for people as well to go and try something off the beaten track. But Strathclyde takes the biscuits. Strathclyde <laughs> is definitely winning this horse race here. Um, <laughs> going to ask you a, a final question before the playlist track. So could you finish this sentence, please, Pat? I press play and run because... I like to hear Ryan's voice. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thankfully for you, there's plenty of wind to come out of these sails yet, so I'll be keeping you going, boring you to tears for a while longer. So, final final call of business, as always, Pat, we've got a press play and run playlist on Spotify. Um, So, each week the guest picks a track, and the one that wouldn't come out, they're sort of running or exercise rotation over the years, so can I ask you what yours would be? So... I thought about that because I've heard the podcast before and I know this question's coming. Um, so I don't have anything in particular through the years, but through my marathon training, the the one song that sort of resonated a bit and now it's on my Spotify. Uh, and I changed the words a wee bit, you know, so it's probably a wee bit cringy, but it's the, the pink song. Um, I'm not going to give up my dancing shoes. And right. I always change the word dancing to running shoes. So, next time you hear the song... You mean the first time I hear the song? <laughs> yeah. Well, have you not heard it before? I'm not going to give up my dancing shoes? No, yes. I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe, no. I, maybe, I have, maybe I have when I actually listened and yeah. I didn't know that's what it, it's called. It, you know, it's quite a, it's quite a cool tune. It's, it's more of the, the love boat kind of tune. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, my age. I can it's safely say I can safely say it's not one in my rotation, Pat. But I will, yeah. no, nothing could make this a playlist any stranger than it already is. Up. So yes. let's just get but, it on there, roll with yes. it. So, but you've got to change the word dancing to running. Right, Pat. I'm going to let you get back to your holidays. I am delighted we got the chance to actually do this. We have spoken, obviously, for a few weeks about making this happen. And for you to give up time in your holiday, I think just shows you the the type of grade A man that you are. You are a huge asset to Parkrun, and Parkrun is a huge asset to our running community. So thank you to you and all the core teams, I suppose, up and down the country and up and down the UK that put the work in to give us that space to run. I really appreciate it, and I know that so many other people do as well. Yeah, no, I appreciate the time you've spent on this, buddy, and I appreciate the invite. Ah, top man, Pat. Brilliant. Thanks a million. No worries, and I'll speak to you soon, mate. Cheers.
Thank you to you, the listeners, for joining us for another episode of the Press Play and Run podcast. You can really help to support the podcast by subscribing or following on your podcast platform of choice and by leaving a review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Press Play and Run Podcast and to add the Press Play and Run playlist on Spotify. We'll be back every two weeks with new episodes and please be sure to keep an eye on our Instagram page to find out which guests will be joining us. Until then, keep getting the trainers on, press play and run.